The Veterans Report is sponsored by James Cannon. In my line of work, you got to keep repeating things over and over and over again for the truth to sink in, to kind of catapult the propaganda. Seven years of college down the drain. I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Welcome to the Veterans Report, the region's only show dedicated to those who have served our country. We have the latest news and information on resources available to veterans, including health care, education, employment tips, local volunteer organizations, and more. To those who have served, those who are serving, and to those who will, we salute you. And now, the host of the Veterans Report, Jim Cannon. Hey, welcome back to the Veterans Report. Thanks for joining us here on November 10th. I want to wish a happy birthday to the United States Marine Corps, 243 years of doing what you do. So thank you, Devil Dogs, and happy birthday, and uh, go out and be safe. Uh, so today we have, uh, we have some good news stories to cover, and um, where are we? I had a list here. So we have the uh, Marine Corps birthday, which I just acknowledged. Veterans Day is tomorrow. Uh, there is a story about an unclaimed veteran in Tennessee who passed on. And a, uh, a warm story about the number of people who came out for that thing. It's a really, it's, it's neat. Um, TV shows with veterans or veteran characters uh, written into it. And uh, finally, the PTSD issue, along with the shooting in California. As a reminder, you can find stories along with this week's show uh, at theveteransreport.com, theveteransreport.com is one word. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, along with podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Just check today. They are all up to date. So if you jump on there, you can download or subscribe. It's just an easier way to, to listen to what we're doing here. Um, <clears throat> our guest today, I want to let you know, at the half hour, is retired Marine Corps Major General Chris Cortez, who is the Vice President of Military Affairs at Microsoft. And I keep telling people, yes, it's that Microsoft, the, the one and only. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, General Cortez asked me to call him Chris. It's a little weird for me. Um, <laughs> I never thought I'd call a, a Major General Chris, but uh, Chris is going to come on. He's going to talk about um, what Microsoft is doing. They have a couple of programs set up specifically targeting veterans uh, not only for hiring, but also for training, setting them up really for careers in, in IT, and, and not just careers, but like uh, like high-speed stuff. And I know they have a couple more things coming in a couple of months, but we're talking specifically about uh, one of the programs today. So again, that's uh, Chris Cortez at the halfway mark. So hang in there. That'll be around 530. Um, where else? As I said, tomorrow's Veterans Day. And, you know, like I do every year, Every year, oh, before we get into that, well, no, I'll, I'll tee this up. Every year, I've asked everybody on social media, all my social media friends, can you just wait? Can you just wait one day? Because as some of you know, uh, I started off in the Marine Corps. That's That was my branch, right? That's my first branch. And then I went Army. 
So I ask everybody to wait, and none of them do it. They always post Veterans Day stuff the day before. So, But I'm going to make lemonade out of those lemons, and I'm going to say, you know what it is? It's all the Army and Navy and Air Force guys who are jealous because even in holidays, Marines get there before the Army. <laughs> um, that was lame. So also today, uh, as I mentioned, the Marine Corps' 243rd birthday. So when we were on Paris Island, when I was going through boot camp, the senior drill instructor, Staff Sergeant McDerris, I still remember him, uh, about my height. Uh, uh, what was he? He was a uh, he was from the air wing, but he was not right in the head. And then uh, Sergeant Holt and Sergeant Shaner were the other DIs. But senior drill instructor, Staff Sergeant McDerris, would say to us, when someone asks where you're from, where you were born, you're going to tell them Marine Corps Recruit Depot, Paris Island. And we all go, aye, sir. So I do that to this day, but oddly, I have never received a birthday card from anybody on Paris Island. So I'm just throwing that out there. If anybody down there is listening, I would like a birthday card. I've been doing that for over two decades. It's time to acknowledge. So speaking of veterans, speaking of all things military and uh, patriotic and American we want to say hello to our buddies and our partners and our friends at WTF Nation Radio. They are, if you haven't checked them out, jump online, check out their programming. They have some phenomenal guests. I mean, like, uh, it's it's all internet-based, but, I mean, you wouldn't know it by listening to the guests and, and the topics and what they talk about. I mean, except for the occasional FCC violations. But it's all internet-based, so it's a free fire zone as far as language goes. But, um... Good programming, fantastic guests, a lot of fun, and uh, quality, real quality stuff. And I have to tell you, the WTF folks are doing a lot for the troops. They're, they're looking out for the Joes out there, the uh, you know the lower enlisted, um, trying to make sure that they're taken care of. And it's, it's an altruistic kind of mission that they have there. So it's not just fun. It's not just laughs. It's not just entertainment. It's, uh, there, there is a driving force there. So go listen to them, show them some love, and, uh, and pay attention because they— They've they've broken some uh, they've broken some stories uh, over the years in uh, like in a real news way and it's um good stuff it's really good stuff it's hard hitting news so I look forward to their next evolution uh, <clears throat> down the road and I I hope to at least be a uh, included in their fan club if not uh, and not if not in those machinations so but uh, we thank them and they've been they've been more than wonderful to the Veterans Report show in fact I have helped propel this show to where it is so uh, eternally grateful to them they're vets um and and they get it so thank you so the uh as i mentioned the marine corps birthday um there is a if you go on the veteransreport.com there is a story posted there with a link to a video that is narrated by the marine corps commandant general robert neller and he narrates it it's a it's a moving video it's a couple of minutes long there's a link on there i encourage you to go watch it's not uh it's not all you know rounds going down range and guys fast roping out of helicopters it's uh it's a touching moving tribute video to the marine corps and the narration uh is spot on it's really it's it's a cool video no matter what branch you're in so i encourage you to check that out um <clears throat> but there was a the formal message came out from from general neller on the birthday as well as 
jointly with uh, Secretary of the Navy Richard Spencer, who, and I thought this was kind of neat. So not only did the SecNav uh, come out and say, hey, you know, happy birthday, right, in essence, but he goes into specifics as well. Um, 100 years ago, the enemy called them the devil dogs for the way they turned the tide at Bella Wood. 75 years ago, the shores and jungles of Tarawa shook with the undetermined charge of United States Marines. And 50 years ago, Marines like Gunnery Sergeant John Canley imposed order on the chaotic urban battlefield of Way. And Spencer goes on to say, It was my honor to meet now Sergeant Major Canley, retired, and to add his name to the Hall of Valor following his receipt of the Congressional Medal of Honor. It was a reminder, and he goes on and on. But the fact that, um, oh, and he, he personalizes this. Polly and I, his wife, are grateful, forever grateful for all that you, your families, and your loved ones do for our nation. Because of your hard work and dedication, the foundation for restoring readiness and increasing lethality has been set. But as we enter our 244th year of service, we must now build on that foundation with a committed sense of urgency. Um Blah, blah, blah. Happy birthday, Marines. God bless you. God bless the United States Marine Corps. And God bless the United States of America. Semper Fi, Secretary of the Navy, Richard Spencer. I just read that because uh, Neller's message, obviously, is is geared toward Marines. He also mentions John Canley. Retired Sergeant Major John Canley just received the Medal of Honor not long ago uh, for his actions in Vietnam. It had been upgraded. His, his first award had been upgraded uh, to the Medal of Honor after review by the Pentagon uh, and it's uh and he's a he's a hardcore guy man you would not know I think he's at 80 80 years old you wouldn't know it by by seeing him uh, still kind of buff doesn't look does not look old um, tough dude but I just thought it was kind of cool that the Secretary of the Navy singled him out as well that's um, you know that doesn't that doesn't just happen so thank you to the secretary and thank you to the commandant those are good messages all around So the feel-good article, Marine and Vietnam vet Sergeant Leo Stokely passed away with no known family. His funeral was to be for an unclaimed veteran. Friday, a crowd saw just how powerful our country's respect for those who served can be. The crowd kept growing Friday as people made their way up the hill at Middle Tennessee Veterans Cemetery. Stokely spent much of his last four months at the Waters of Cheatham Nursing Center. Stokely became close with his caregivers while cranking up his favorite song by Journey, Don't Stop Believing." If it wasn't Journey, said, uh, what is her name? I'm sorry. T. Gray, one of the caregivers. If it wasn't Journey, it was Leonard Skinner. The nursing center has a wall of their veterans. Stokely's service picture couldn't be found, so his caregivers realizing he has no no family. They said it just wouldn't be right for Stokely's funeral to be a lonely day. So, um, and it goes on a little bit. What happened was, um, so they put the call out. The media got a hold of this story. Uh, initially, you know, just teed up the story that, hey, there's this thing going on. It ended up on, speaking of our friends at WTF Nation, uh, and Army WTF Moments. WTF Moments then t- uh, took this thing and put it on their page, and they had a turnout of something like, I forget the, wasn't it? Oh, I had it, I had it, and I can't find I think something like 3,000 people at this thing. In relatively short order, they had a huge, huge turnout. 
uh, for this guy who had no family, this, this former Marine who passed away. Now, stories like that, it would be real easy to just sort of roll your eyes and go, oh, well, that's kind of cool. That's, that's cute. Think about that, though, that in a matter of days, um, you know, th- this guy would have been uh, either buried or cremated, right, with nobody there, and would have fallen into obscurity and anonym- anonymity. You had a couple thousand people who didn't even know this dude. Right? They just turned out. That's the way it should be. That is the way it should be. I hope when I go that it is a party. I hope everybody, you know, if my, you know, put my casket up there and, and use it as a bar. Put my casket up there, throw a tablecloth over it, right? And have drinks on that thing. Do shots on that thing. Uh, do the, uh, the, what is it, the shot ski? You know, where you have the, the bunch of shots and the board, right? Do that. I want to make it a party. I want to. I want to invite. I want to have. My legacy is going to be to set up enough money to have, a, you know, sort of unlimited booze and food at this thing. Have it catered, and throw open the doors. And I don't care if I die in the winter or the summer. I'll just have it on a specific day, like maybe the the weekend after the Fourth of July, right? Uh, or on my birthday. My birthday's in July, so maybe that's a that'll be my legacy, right? Open tab, and just throw open the doors. Have a party. Just have a party. Right, everybody can celebrate. They can drink. They can talk about people they've known. Right, and get my own fat head made, and people can. I don't know. Maybe maybe there should be a contest or something. I don't know. I'm just. I don't think. I mean, it's sad when people die. Right, it's sad when they pass away. It's really sad when they pass away and nobody cares. That's the difference. So. I thought that was a great story. A couple thousand people for a complete stranger. Speaking of strangers, we have, you like that segue. Uh, So Popular Mechanics of all outlets, Popular Mechanics put out an article on the best military shows to watch this weekend. Uh, So one of them is Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. Which has uh, John, uh, what's his name, Krasinski, the guy from The Office. <clears throat> he plays Jack Ryan. Uh, th- this is a TV show, right? It's a TV series. Jack Ryan, of course, you know, the, the, the central figure in the Tom Clancy books for many years. Um, and this says, unlike many of the previous adaptations of Clancy's Jack Ryan books, this one, meaning the series, isn't adapted from a particular book. Still, it feels like one of the truest iterations of our hero ever to hit a large or small screen. Uh, Ryan, Jack Ryan, a financial analyst who, quote, follows the money for the CIA as it tracks terror groups, gets himself wrapped up in the quest to capture the leader of an extremist group, a man whose style and ambitions draw comparisons to bin Laden from Ryan and his superiors. Each of the eight episodes is gripping in an escapist way, and by the end, you're hoping that this new guy playing Jack Ryan plays him again soon. So John Krasinski is definitely carving out a place for himself in the entertainment world, so good for him. Uh, another show, the uh, it's just called Bodyguard. Uh, main character is David Budd, a veteran of the war in Afghanistan who now works as a special protection officer for the Royalty and Specialist Protection Branch at the Metropolitan Police Service in London. This is on the BBC. 
So I don't know. You might have access to that uh, online or, um, you know, through one of your, uh, whatever, Hulu or something. But this is on the BBC. So this is a British one, which is kind of cool because we don't often hear about the British vets who have played such an integral role in all of our stuff over the last 20 years. So uh, where was I? His assignment, the powerful, headstrong Home Secretary Julie Montague. Uh, da, 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 da. So it's like, you know, it's the, the love interest, but not the real love interest, kind of a friction thing. You have Homecoming. In Homecoming, Julia Roberts plays a counselor at a mysterious rehab center for returning veterans. They can do anything they want at the center. The only thing required of them is that they eat their meals in the cafeteria with everyone else. Early on, you get the sense that something's a little off with the people with the place. You slowly start to understand what's happening as Robert's character does. And as the boss, played with a menacing and slimy selfishness by Bobby Cannavale, just tries to keep them all in line. The show is based on a fictional podcast from Gimlet Media that came out in 2016. The stars are new. Catherine Keener and David Schwimmer were in the audio version, but the drama and the tension you feel is just enthralling. So there's that one. Ah, sounds sounds like that one won't do well. Um, so anyway, a couple of shows with, with veteran, vet-centric characters. So um, kind of cool. Uh, if you're into this, I just want to tee up. I, if you are one of those folks who looks at Veterans Day as an opportunity to go get a free piece of pie, which many of you do, and you know who you are, and you're awful, um, you can do a Google search and look up Veterans Day 2018 free food. And there are actual lists. There are lists of restaurants that are offering free meals for vets. I just wanted to put that out there because I would be remiss if I did not pass that information along to those of you who do that kind of thing. So I'll just get off of that X because I could beat it into the ground. You do have to bring ID, though. <laughs> so if you don't have a military ID uh, or you don't have a uniform that fits, don't do it. So real, real quick, I don't want to get too far into this. Um, there was the shooting in California, right? <clears throat> and the first, the first inclination, naturally, of the media was to uh, jump on the uh, veteran slash PTSD thing. Right. That was the first inclination they had. Now, keep in mind, the, the media have been the ones driving that stereotype. Right. And they've been doing it with the intent. I, I won't lump them all in. Let me the left side, politically, the left in this country has been using that narrative. Right. Veteran plus PTSD plus gun ownership equals danger to society. They have been pushing that narrative for the sole purpose of gun control. And if you disagree, go ahead and hit me up. But I guarantee I will I will win that argument. Okay? That is a fact. They've been using that narrative as a means of gun control or, or driving toward gun control, right? So this knucklehead, uh, this shooting in California at this, this bar, he was a, uh, um, this guy was a Marine. Had, I should say he served in the Marine Corps. Let's put it that way. Uh, went in, shot a bunch of people, took his own life. The first reaction was uh, gun, veteran, PTSD, right? They went, you know, they went back to the old playbook. And I'm not trying to minimize this, right? 
I'm, I'm not trying to minimize this. I'm just taking the emotion out of this conversation. Obviously, this was horrific. Um, and I don't put that aside. I don't talk about it lightly. I'm just, I'm, I'm focused on something else here, not, not the actual deaths. Uh, so this guy went in, used a 45 caliber handgun, uh, one I'm very familiar with, and um, <clears throat> went in, killed the folks, used a high-capacity magazine, which is actually prohibited under California law. And uh, he couldn't have bought it there. He couldn't have possessed it because that's illegal. <clears throat> he was known to law enforcement for minor offenses, including traffic violations. Uh, police had been called to his home months before for a domestic where he was acting irrationally. However, a mental health crisis team concluded that he did not need to be taken into custody. Uh, one of his neighbors said everywhere, uh, or I'm sorry, everyone on the block was aware when the police came to the long home earlier this year after an incident. He said, you know, this guy came out of the house, um, Police were here. They finally got him out. So th this guy was known to his neighbors. He was known to law enforcement, and yet they, neither one of them did anything. So naturally, um, I'm just running through the, uh, they, they actually have a list of the people who lost their lives, including a guy named Daniel Manrique, who was a Marine Corps vet who served, oh, I'm sorry, who started the Ventura County chapter of Team Red, White, and Blue in 2014, to help fellow veterans make the transition from military to civilian life. Think about that one. All right, that's, that is some cruel irony right there. Uh, there was another young man named uh, Cody Kaufman who was about to join the Army. He was 22, and uh, he lost his life as well. So among other people, including a sheriff deputy or a sheriff sergeant named Ron Hellis, uh, so after the shooting, and here's where I'm going with this. After this, uh, Donald Trump came out, made some comments. His comment was, and this is a quote, he was a war veteran. He was a Marine. He was in the war. He served time. He saw some pretty bad things. And a lot of people say he had PTSD, and that's a tough deal. Trump said after describing the shooter as a, quote, very sick puppy, end quote, who had a lot of problems. He also went on to say people come back. That's why it's a horrible thing. They come back, they're never the same. Now, Long, this guy, and I wasn't going to name him, I already did, uh, served as a machine gunner in the Corps from 2008 to 2013 and deployed to Afghanistan, leaving the military as a corporal. So it's not clear if he had actually been formally diagnosed with PTSD before his death. Now, the Washington Post, of course, jumped on this and accused Trump of being uh, an insensitive clown, right? And then, of course, uh, Paul Rykoff, who is with IAVA, had to chime in because um, he just had to. Uh, it says, comments like this one from our commander-in-chief are extremely unhelpful. They perpetuate a false and damaging narrative that veterans are broken and dangerous. Most people who suffer from PTSD, when able to access effective treatment, are able to live healthy, happy, meaningful lives. So problems with all of this. One, Trump should, should not have said a word. Uh, about that guy. I mean, he, he should have chimed in on the, the tragedy itself, but not about the shooter. Um, but he wasn't wrong. Clearly, this guy had some issues, right? Uh, the problem with what he said was, 
invoking PTSD, which so many vets do and so many other people do, it's the same thing with Rykov, right? He's going to criticize the president for making a comment like that and in the very same breath says, or, you know, makes the assumption that this guy had, had a formal disorder. Now, keep in mind, now, so the media ex- is excoriating one person for saying this. The media, however, have been the ones driving this uh, for the better part of 15 to 18 years, right? That all that, that veterans who have served in combat situations are somehow damaged. So, I, you know, none of this, <laughs> none of this works out, right? On the media, the president, uh, various, you know, I, I will say Mr. Rykoff uh, and his statement, none of this helps. There is a, there are clearly people who suffer, right, from, from whatever it is, a disorder, um, you know, a mental health issue, whatever you want to call it, right? They, they happen to put a blanket term on this called PTSD, but there are people who suffer from that. I know a lot of us, when we came back, a lot of us could not sleep right for several years. I had nothing, I, I'm telling you, it had nothing to do with trauma, had nothing to do with, you know, uh, bad dreams or bad things. To me, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm an amateur psychologist, but, you know, if I've seen it on the internet, I know how to do it. Um, I think it's a chemical thing. I think it's a, a chemical reaction. You put somebody in high-stress situations over and over and over, and you're, you're pumping the dopamine through your skull, right? Uh, and then you couple that with a, a disjointed sleep schedule for an extended period of time. It has a physical and chemical effect on you, right? So you do that once, twice, maybe three times, it's going to have an impact some of these folks have been over there five and six and seven times. You can't keep doing that to your body. So I, I would say I do suspect that there are a lot of guys out there who have an issue. I don't know what it is, and I don't know how you fix it or what you call it. But there are also a lot more people out there who use that term, who use that disorder, who use that blanket diagnosis uh, to play the victim. So was Trump wrong? Yes and no. Was Rykoff wrong? Yes and no. Is the Washington Post wrong? Yes and no. Right? There are people out there who need help. There are people out there who are suffering. But, I, but I'm telling you, th- this term, this PTSD thing is so overused. Uh, I, I really wish it would go away and we could start from scratch and, and hone in on the people who actually need help. I think the term is being abused. I think people are taking advantage of it, uh, clearly, because there's a lot of... Uh, well, I won't say a lot. There are cases of fraud and abuse out there in terms of gaming the system. And so if somebody needs help, go get it, right? It's available. But if you don't really need it and you're using it for attention or to get a free dog or to get a free meal or to get a free car, shame on you. Because there are people who actually need the help. Clearly, this guy needed help, the shooter. Um, was it related to his military service? We'll never know. We will never know. So that's really uplifting message for, uh, for veterans day. But, uh, anyway, okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We are going to come back with an upbeat interview with Chris Cortez, the S- vice president of military affairs for Microsoft. So hang in there. If you want to keep up with the latest in veteran news away from the radio, stop by our website at www.theveteransreport.com. There you'll find news headlines along with links to media outlets around the world. You can also find links to every state's veteran services office. And for you film buffs, there's even a link to a war movie database. We appreciate you stopping by the Facebook page 
at facebook.com slash the veterans report there like the website you'll find the latest news and information related to veterans for you high speed individuals who want to limit yourself to 140 characters stop by our twitter account it's a great way to find information on veteran organizations throughout the country and what they're up to you can tweet us by using at the vets report if you'd like to email the show directly please send us your input comments or suggestions to editor at theveteransreport.com. Thanks again for checking out our pages. Thanks for listening. And thank you for supporting our veterans community. And welcome back to the Veterans Report. We appreciate you hanging in there. Uh, As promised, um, and, and to our loyal listeners, we thank you for, for sticking it out. As promised, we have with us our guest today, a uh, very special guest uh, with a, you know, a company you may have heard of. Uh, they go by the name Microsoft. And we are with Chris Cortez, I should say retired Marine Corps Major General Cortez, who is the Vice President of Military Affairs at Microsoft. Chris, thanks a lot for joining us. Hey, Jim's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, no, this is great. It's, it's my pleasure um, as, a, as, a, as a former uh, enlisted guy, part of the Lance Corporal um, Underground. I really <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to jump on the show. And, and tell us a little bit about what, uh, but what Microsoft is doing uh, in terms of the veterans community and, and lending your support to veterans and really giving them a shot, giving them an opportunity, opening that, that pathway for them to find really awesome jobs. But before we get into that, um, if you could, Chris, and again, I'm, I'm nerved out because, you know, given your rank, um, but if you could give our audience a little bit about your background. Jim, I was uh, an infantry um, Marine, and as such, I, I held roles at the platoon, company, battalion, regiment, and then became an assistant division commander. Um, and then I would say that later on I became the director of operations in the Pacific, uh, J3, if you will. And then, uh, my last assignment was head of recruiting for the Marines where we recruited just under about 80,000 into the Marine Corps over the two years that I held that position. But I want to go back. You, you know, you, you talk about yourself as a Lance Corporal. The, the Lance Corporal and those, those young Marines are the ones that get it done. And when I was with them in combat, Desert Shield, Desert Storm, back in 1991, I saw firsthand just how tremendously dedicated these, these young men were. And, um, and so thank you. Thank you for your service. And, uh, you know, a Lance Corporal, is a tremendous asset uh, to our Marine Corps. So, again, thank you. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, I'm probably a little more humble than I would have been 25 years ago, so thank you for, for saying all of that. Uh, so, so, Microsoft. Um, obviously, given, given the, the size of Microsoft and the, uh, the vast resources at your fingertips, um, where do you, I mean, where do you even begin telling people what you do, what's, what your role with Microsoft is, and then, and then how do you sort of whittle that down? I mean, this is a massive company. Well, Microsoft 
really is focused on the military community. Yes, it's a big company, but it's a diverse company, and its mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. And it, and it, and it branches into different areas around the country and around the world. And one of those areas where we're front and center is with the military community. And I would, I would begin by saying that the company is dedicated to attracting, recruiting, and retaining diverse talent. And it does that because having diverse employees leads to greater innovation with more diverse approaches. And veterans are an important piece of that diversity. I mean, our CEO, when he talks about diversity and inclusion, he talks about the veteran, and he talks about the fact that the company has this program to give those veterans an opportunity to get into the industry. And, you know, there's more. The, the veteran has a well-developed skill set. They've been through so much in the military. They, they learn how to quickly analyze a situation, uh, how to fix it without hesitation, how to work with a gr uh, diverse group of people. They're just they're a tremendous asset. And uh, they're exactly the kind of person that we need in the technology industry, four-year degree or not. They're just really, really doing great work. And, and this program that you alluded to, the Microsoft Software and Systems Academy, MSSA, is one viable program that we've created to give the transitioning military member and veterans an opportunity to get into the tech industry. So let me let me lead uh, or let me read the uh, the lead paragraph on this, and I'll, I'll let you carry the ball after that. It's uh, Microsoft Software and Systems Academy (MSSA) provides transitioning service members and veterans with critical career skills required for today's growing technology industry. Uh, and then it, it gives some more information on on the length of the program. And if you could um, get into that a little bit, some of the details, get in the weeds on that, and and what are the different uh, I guess program offerings. Uh, that that somebody could look at if they were if they were uh, interested in this. The uh, Microsoft Software and Systems Academy is an 18-week program where we provide training in technology that gives the skills, the fundamental skills, for one to get into the technology industry. We've built four subcourses, and, and we, we stood these up based on the highest demands that we have in Microsoft and in the technology industry. And those areas are cybersecurity administrator, server and cloud administrator, cloud application development, and BI administration. So at the end of these, this 18-week uh, program, each member of each cohort is guaranteed an interview, either with Microsoft or the 360 hiring partners. And I said that correctly, there's 360 companies out there that have hired from our graduates. And um, this program is, is really catching on. 
We started the MSSA program at Joint Base Lewis-McCord, JBLM, is, is only about an hour, 15-minute drive from our headquarters in, in uh, Redmond, Washington. Uh, we chose it for that reason. And when we did the first course, we, we could see very clearly that this program was going to be super successful. So a few months ago, in March of 2014, we opened up the last location of our Phase 1 vision, which was Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And uh, today, we have 14 locations, coast-to-coast, offering this MSSA program. Now, it took us five years to get to the 1,000 mark, but now, the way we're set up, we're going to be able to graduate 1,000 every year. So we're, we're really proud of that. We're really proud of the progress we're making. And if, if you take a look at MSSA, um, it, it's one of those programs, one of the few programs out there that, that trains uh, transitioning active duty members as well as veterans to give them uh, an opportunity. And when you talk about active duty, we're talking about uh, the DOD skills, skill bridge concept, and uh, it's, it's, it's one of the one of the leaders in terms of DOD skill bridge. So um, the, uh, the four different subcourses um, can turn into a number of roles within any IT company. Uh, too many for me to go over right now, but I think you get a sense of the, the variety of the different subcourses that we offer, those four, and how those could lead to different jobs in the IT industry. So uh, I want to get back to the um, in a second. I want to get back to the number of uh, uh, you mentioned 360 hiring partners. I want to I want to get back to that in a second. But um, looking at this pro because I'm looking at all the information in front of me, right? I pulled all the information on the programs. How uh, real basic question? How do you find people for the program? I, in other words, if I'm at Lejeune, if I'm at uh, Fort Bragg, if I'm at JBLM, and I'm ready to get out. Uh, do I just send in an application? Is there some kind of screening process, or is it? Uh, do I have to have? Do I already have to have a background in something like cybersecurity in order to even be considered? That's a multifaceted <laughs> question. How do I Indeed. get into this program? And it is a fantastic question because I hope that amongst your listeners there are folks out there that might be interested and are going to wonder how, how they get into it. The, the people that are transitioning and are on a base, they're going to go to their base education office, their transition office. Uh, they may see something in their base newspaper. They may see flyers. There's a, there's a whole number of ways that they might find out about this program. And essentially, once they find out about it, whether they're on that base or they're a veteran and then they're in outside, they're, they're doing something away from the base, or for, they're from another state, but that state happens to be close to uh, the base that they might want to take this course. They, they can get this information, and then uh, we'll, we'll give you more information, military.microsoft.com, that's got all of our uh, programs on there, and uh, they, they would essentially take some online courses to get certifications. They would get interviews. Of course, they would have to have good records. 
and they would go through a, a series of of uh, requirements like that to get accepted into the course. And once they're accepted into the course, like I said, it's it's 18 weeks. I I, um, I would have to add that that once they get into the course, we're not only going to offer the technology training, but we're also going to work on soft skills. We want to create conditions for success. We want this program to produce a career for all of the participants. So we're going to work on um, interview skills, and we're going to drill that. We're going to work on the resume writing. We're going to drill that. And throughout that 18 weeks, we're, we're going to build on their confidence and help them prepare for the no kidding real job interview at the end so they can get a job in in one of those 360 companies and growing. So we, uh, we in addition to the, the resume, to the interview, we um, offer mentors. These are volunteers, full-time employees from Microsoft. Some of them have served. Some of them have never served. But the ones that have not served believe in this program, believe in the military, and want to be part of, of this program. So once a week, we have a designated mentor for each cohort. Once a week, they'll, they'll call in via Skype, or sometimes they'll, they'll show up in person. But the whole point is to answer their questions. What's it like to work at Microsoft? What's it like? to work in the technology industry. And it, 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 it really builds a strong connection between the cohort member and um, the, the program. Uh, we, we also, once we hire them into the company, we provide a mentor for their first 12 months. And uh, again, um, all this is, is to help uh, create conditions for success. And, and I would say that the, uh, what, we have, what we have seen uh, in terms of you know, the, the outcome of having no, those mentors, not only is our graduation uh, rate high, 93%, not only uh, are 95% of those employed uh, or a few have gone back to college, but 87% of, of those that are employed are employed in the, in the IT industry, which is why we did this in the first place. Um, I think one of the numbers that really, really jumps out is that of those, um, uh, IDMF, the Institute for Veterans and Military Families, uh, out of Syracuse uh, University, did a study about two years ago, over 1,400 veterans, and they found that over two-thirds left their <clears throat> first job within the first 24 months. And what we're finding of those that are coming into Microsoft is that 80% are staying after the first uh, 24 months. So all that to say that this program is more than, you know, a course and, you know, you go through the course and maybe or maybe not uh, you're successful. This course is well thought out. There's a lot of work that's gone into it. Uh, um, 
everything is is coming back to uh like i said set conditions for success the the resume writing the interview skills the mentoring and it's it's working it's it's working and in what the results are exactly what we're hoping for and what we're doing is providing not just a job but a career opportunity for our military and military veterans because that's what this is all about this is about uh, helping veterans find great careers well, I, I, you know, you mentioned that study. I'm, I'm familiar with it because I've read it about 18 times. And, uh, it, you know, part of the issue was veterans uh, being underemployed or feeling uh, an extreme sense of dissatisfaction because they took a job, not the job they wanted. So um, to hear, uh, you know, to hear the retention rate that you mentioned, I think you said 80 percent. That's that's amazing. And that's through the roof. Um, so clearly whatever you're doing is working. So that's it's good to hear that. Um uh, I, I did want to follow up, though, like I said, with the you mentioned 360 hiring partners. So ostensibly somebody can go through this program. They can come out of it. And you're not only could they end up hire, hiring out to someone else, you're going to help them do that. I'm, I'm wondering, I'm standing here wondering, uh, how does that help Microsoft? Microsoft really is invested and is really focused on the military community. If they don't end up coming to Microsoft, we stood this program up because not only were we in Microsoft uh, seeing thousands of open IT jobs because there weren't enough people out there with an IT background, but code.org says that in America there are 490 thousand IT jobs in America that are currently open for the same reason. When we looked at the fact that 200,000 military people get out every year and you have all these open jobs, we thought, why not put together a program that can merge the two? And that's why we did that pilot five years ago at JBLM. We knew from the get-go it was going to be impossible for us to hire um, every student, but why not give these veterans an opportunity, those that go through this program, an opportunity to get into the IT industry? And that's why we opened it up. For us, our whole goal is to get these people jobs, get these people careers. And um, we're talking about 360 today. We've firmly believe that by 2020 we're going to have 500 companies out there hiring and that's great we're happy we want to get these veterans jobs does does that make sense jim i mean it's it's not just microsoft this is microsoft uh taking a, a leadership position in the it industry in terms of our military and veterans and saying hey let's go out there and give these folks an opportunity no, I think that's refreshing. Actually, it's it's uh, it's refreshing to to see a, a company, especially one uh, as large as Microsoft and as as uh, well known, taking a leadership position, being in the driver's seat on this, and not not in a, a sort of corporate egotistical way, but saying, hey, you know, somebody's got to lead the the way. Uh, you know, we're forging that path. So it is good to hear that because, um, you know, I'm not telling you something you don't know. IT obviously is the future. I mean, you have an entire cyber command in the military now, which is. Uh, you know, Buck Rogers type stuff. So it's, um, 
Now, it's refreshing to hear that, and I, I certainly appreciate that. Uh, <clears throat> so, Well, it's not only that, Jim. It's not only that, but, you know, the ones that get hired, um, the, the national average uh, for these folks, uh, their first year of employment is $70,000. You were a Lance Corporal. You were an E3. When I, I normally, when I talk to these classes, no matter what class I go to, and I'll, if, if it's a Marine, I'll say the Corporal or, you know, the, the, the E4. How, how does a $70,000 first year, this is national average now. Mm-hmm. This is national average. I mean, it's going to be a little bit higher in some places, et cetera. But how does that compare to your uh, income? And the answer that I get is unbelievable. That's two and a half times what I make. That's a game changer. That's awesome. I I really, really am excited to be part of this program. Uh, and, and that's the and that's the reality. It's it's the starting salary and these, these this is a real opportunity for these folks and they they appreciate it and they respect it. And I and I'll tell you when the graduates of the, this program, when these veterans come in to a company like Microsoft, they get hired I mean, these folks are mature. They've got strong character. They've got teamwork. It's uh, they're just phenomenal. They they pave their own way. They're they're great employees. So, um, you know, you 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 just started down the path of of sort of discussing uh, big picture, sort of general characteristics. But uh, I want to ask you about perceptions. I want to ask you about image. Uh, there has been obviously over the last you know 20 30 years since the advent of technology basically taken over the world uh, you know there's been a, a perception of what an IT person is or a, or a tech worker is um, you know their personality their look how they carry themselves clearly that's changing with with bringing veterans on um, if you could walk walk through that for a second um, through this program, the MSSA program, we've, uh, we've changed the paradigm. Before this program in Microsoft, if you didn't have a four-year college degree, the, the message was, okay, go ahead and go get your four-year degree, and then when you do that, come back and see us. This program has demonstrated that the four-year degree is not absolutely necessary. If we can provide the fundamentals uh, of IT to these folks, they they can come in and do a great job. And as a matter of fact, they bring so much with them. They're, what they've learned on active duty, some of those skills, those traits, um, we we can teach... IT, we can teach technology, but we can't teach some of those inherent characteristics that these people bring to the industry. And that's the game changer. And that's why, through this program, folks that don't have necessarily a four-year degree are doing a phenomenal job. They're getting promoted uh, uh, at the same time as you know, their peers, 
uh, in the company. Some of them are getting promoted faster, uh, but they're doing just fine. And I think we need to just spend a moment on talking about the responsibility that we have in industry to both educate industry as to the value of our military veterans, to to kind of inform them that it's about more than the degree. It's, it's, it's about how much they have to offer to the technology industry. And at the same time, we have an obligation to sort of mentor, to message to our transitioning military that, hey, you have a lot to do. And I hope your listeners are listening to this right now. They bring so much with them. They have so much great experience. It's making the transition is scary when you're getting out. And I'm sure you had the same thing, Jim, when you're getting out. Hey, how am I going to translate what I've done in the military to civilians? I mean, you know, going back to, to what you just said, you don't have to come from technology. We have cooks. We have motor transport folks. We have medics. You do not have to come from an IT industry. You do not have to have a four-year degree. So to the military member, we say, you already have a lot to offer. Just bring yourself, bring your confidence, go through a program like this. We know that this program is going to take your skills, shine them up. We're going to take the technology that's required for you to succeed in the technology industry, and we're, we're, we're going to make the best out of it. So, you know, whenever you get a chance, you know, help us deliver that message to our military and veterans out there that they have a lot to offer. There's a place for them in industry. There's definitely a place for them in the IT industry. No, and we preach that. We preach that all the time. Um, that it, you know, you can't, you, you, you clearly can't rest on your laurels. And if you're in a position to help, well, then by God, go help. Uh, you know, even if that's, even if that's sitting down, mentoring one on one, and explaining to people in simple terms, this is how you describe uh, what you did in the military, and here's who's, here's how it's going to be perceived. Um, so, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. We've got about, uh, we've got a minute, minute and a half left here. If you could, real quick, um, there is a, and I do want to touch on this, this is sort of a follow-up. There is a perception out there that veterans, by and large, uh, especially given the recent conflicts, are hard to work with in a corporate environment. Um, Do you agree or disagree with that, and how would you go about dispelling that? No, I I disagree with that. I mean, veterans are are team-oriented. I mean, they, they care more about the team, the mission, that person on their left, on their right, because they know that it takes all of them together to succeed. And they bring that mentality to industry, and it, that's exactly what industry needs, that people are, are focused uh, laser sharp on the company mission, the, the, the company's requirements. And you don't have to waste any time with that because they already get that. They, they, they bring a lot. That... Um, if anything, industry or people that think that way need to get it straight because 
veterans are fantastic employees. Well, it's it's good to hear that, and I, I especially coming from somebody of your stature and in your position, it helps reinforce the message that uh, um, you know. If anything, people companies should head the opposite way in terms of how they perceive vets and start. Uh, you know, if they're not soliciting them right now as employees, they should start because at the end of the day, it is going to benefit them uh, from a business standpoint. So. Um, well, hey, uh, Chris, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, we're winding down here on time. I'm going to give out the uh, the website. It's military.microsoft.com slash programs slash MSSA, Mike Sierra, Sierra Alpha. So if anybody out there is interested in this stuff, uh, stop by the website, uh, take a look, and then, and then run with it. Pursue it. Uh, Microsoft is doing right by vets. They're walking the walk, and... Um, you know, it's, it's, again, it's very, I keep using the word refreshing, but it really is, Chris. And I, I, I can't say enough good things about this program. Well, thank you, Jim. Thank you for uh, sharing our program with your listeners, because that, that means a lot. We just hope that as a result of this, there are a few more folks out there that, that know about our program. Oh, I, I think this is going to get some bites, so uh, <laughs> we'll we'll keep pushing it. But um, again, Chris, I can't thank you enough for your time. This has been wonderful, and uh, it's always good to speak with uh, with another Marine, um, yeah, even though you know you were an officer. Uh, still makes me a little nervous, but uh, I think we did okay. Thanks. Yeah, we did. Semper Fi. And uh... Uh, so again, we want to thank Chris Cortez. Uh, I should say, retired Marine Corps Major General Chris Cortez, Vice President of Military Affairs at Microsoft. Uh, very appropriate speaking with you today on uh, Veterans Day weekend uh, and the Marine Corps birthday. So thank you, sir. My pleasure. Thank you, Jim. And that'll do it for this episode of the Veterans Report. Until next time, I'm your host, Jim Cannon. You've been listening to the Veterans Report. Let others know about the show. You can find us online at theveteransreport.com. If you'd like to contact us, send an email to editor at theveteransreport.com. Join us again at the same time for up-to-date veterans news and information. The Veterans Report, thank you for your service and carry on. The Veterans Report has been sponsored by James Cannon.